0: And it's called ADHD Wise Squirrels. And you can find it at wisequirrels.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search ADHD Wise Squirrels. Pop over and have a listen. Let me know what you think.
1: Thanks. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man.
0: And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place
2: to be, to be. Stocks plummeted. If you had crypto, good chance you lost it all. I was a customer of uh, FTX. so I did lose. And it, like, it all sucks, but suffering is optional. I, I, don't, I don't have to suffer from this or worry, right? I, I can just be, you know, if you think about it, most people spend their time in their minds worrying about the regretting something from the past or worrying about the future. Yes. And, and not being like, are you in danger right now? Generally, the answer is no. <laughs>
0: Nice. nice, 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 nice. Nice with Dave Delaney. Welcome to the Nice Podcast, all about communication, collaboration, and becoming better leaders. I'm your host, Dave Delaney from Futureforth.com, where we help folks retain talent, improve culture, and communication, so you have happier, more connected teams. Today, I'm speaking with Louis Lemur. Uh, Louis is a seven times entrepreneur, investor in a hundred startups. Co-founder of Pawa, a conscious uh, conference and community, and he's a sun dancer and trained with. Now I want to make sure I got the name right. Yawan, Yanwan, not Yanwan Yawa, Yawanawa, Yawana, Yawanawa, Yawana, 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 <laughs> the tribe in the Amazon forest, which is incredible. We're gonna we're gonna get to all this, Luik, It is a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for being here.
2: Thank you for having me, Dave.
0: Yeah. So what I, I always like to start these episodes with the question: What is the nicest thing someone has done for you recently? I have a feeling uh, I know what you're going to say.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. The nicest thing? What did What did you say?
0: Yes, the the nicest thing someone has done for you recently.
2: Oh, the uh, uh, son. <laughs> <laughs> I had a my, hunch. Yeah, my partner Magdalena just uh, just gave birth to uh, my fourth son. And yes. our first our first uh, kid. So yeah, that was exactly two weeks ago. Congratulations to you. That's Thank amazing. you. It's
0: amazing. That's Falco, right?
2: Yeah, Falco. F-A-L-C-O, like Falcon, just no N.
0: Right, right. That's amazing. So uh, tell me about that. And and you have like a really cool uh, sub stack that I encourage. And I'll include links to everything here so folks can check it out. But you've been also recording some podcast audio through a sub stack. And you shared... The magic of life gave me a new son Falco. so tell me a little bit about the the, the that experience and and uh, and having a new a new baby because your kids your sons are older right how old are your sons now
2: my sons are 21 25 and 27 Uh, so yes, it's, uh, and I'm 50 years old, so it's, it's a, it's been a long time. I didn't, I I didn't have this experience more than 20 years ago. And also the, uh, uh, we had a home birth, which, uh, is the first time I see that. So that was very special, of course, because, uh, it's very different in many ways.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's incredible. I mean, I'm 50 now as well, and my kids are 17 and 18 uh, or excuse me, 16 and 17. And, uh, yeah, I can't, I couldn't imagine having another kiddo, but I have friends who do. So it's, it's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it, look, it's very interesting because at 50 I don't have the same, uh, relationship to a baby. For example, I, 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 I have to say I, I was extremely, not that I'm not busy now, but I was, I was a kid having a kid. I was uh, my my first boy. I was twenty three, so I was really walking on my first startup actually already day and night, and uh, I didn't didn't really pay enough attention. I would say now I'm paying much more attention, and uh, the the work I have done also like the spiritual or consciousness work I have done is um, is is makes it also. Uh, different, because I I would say, I don't know how weird you want to get with me or not, but I, I would say feel, <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel the, the energy of Falco, of my baby, in a way that I have, like I was not aware before, I was very, uh, very numbed, or not sensitive, and now I am, so, so, very sensitive, so, yeah, I have, I have him in my arms, it's very special, I, when I'm laying down in bed uh, with him, like, naked on here, naked on my chest, it's very, very special. So I would say very, very special. Very, very, like, I feel it's precious, you know. And also at 50, I, you know, I, I I hope a lot, but I don't know how much I, love, I have left, you know. So um, it's interesting also to think this way. What a gift to be able to have uh, such life energy in my arms while I'm 50. So, yeah.
0: Do you feel, because you've always been, and I've always, like, I think the first time we met was on a, we were on a panel together at South by Southwest Interactive, and I think it was like 07, uh, Saul Colt and Chris Brogan, uh, and I'm trying to remember, that might have been, yeah, um, so you've, you've been this person in, in the sort of tech entrepreneurial space uh at least in the social sort of space for as long as i as i remember tell me a little bit let's back back up a little bit and tell me a little bit about your history uh growing up in in what part of france are you from
2: i was born in south of france in a city called perpignan which is not far from barcelona in spain
0: okay nice and and what what brought you along on this sort of entrepreneurial journey because you've this You've always been this prolific entrepreneur and investor. So tell me a little bit about how how you first got into that, in, into that sort of in, what what bit that that uh, entrepreneurial bug.
2: Oh, that's that's a very easy one. Both my uh, my parents were entrepreneurs. They were uh, selling sailing boats in South of France, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> but I've never. But I've never seen them work for anyone else than them. So <laughs> I, it was kind of natural for me that I, I had no choice than create something. Um, and so I never worked for anyone else than, than me since, since I'm 20, yeah. uh, 23 when I graduated from that business school there in France. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I, you know, it's, it, it, I like the saying of we create our own reality. And my reality was, it's normal that I'm going to start my business. Like, there is no other option. Mm. And, and once you start thinking this way, well, you start your own business. <laughs> because there is no other option. So, that's how I did it. I, I did it uh, when I was 23. I was uh, in the third year of my business school. And I started a web agency in 1996 when no one, frankly, nobody knew what a website was. And I, I started telling everybody they needed a website, and they're like, "What?" Like Again, 1996, like uh, <laughs> nobody had websites. Very few people there at the, at the time. It was very very early. So yes, yeah, so I started doing that, and and uh, I got I, I got my first client from an internship. <laughs> I was doing the, my last year internship uh, there, and it was the car manufacturer of Peugeot, which you. But your American listeners won't know what it is, but it's a very famous French brand, at least all around Europe and uh, uh, Latin America as well. Anyway, and um, and I, I was there doing an internship, and I told my teacher, "Hey, uh, my I don't know, teacher, my manager, you, you should really do a website." And we ended up doing the first ever used cars website in France. <laughs> <laughs> And then then I someone was happy then I I got another one and another one and and very fast I ended up with a hundred people web agency (laughs) that's how I started a
0: hundred people
2: yeah yeah it it was very popular I was the only one (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so we were like maybe two or three web agencies in Paris to be serious but it went very fast and then I had uh, like luxury brands I had perfume brands I had like Unilever Procter & Gamble like we were too busy making websites and uh but that's yeah that we're talking 20 years ago uh i'm sorry wow no we're talking 27 years ago and uh so yeah and then i got acquired i was 20 uh, 26 well like basically three years after starting or two years after starting um I got acquired by BBDO Omnicom, which is a large advertising group and uh, I became their BBDO interactive France and that's that's how I started. Then frankly, I got bored because I was in a large suddenly in a large group and I didn't like it. so so it was like the fish was in the fish tank so I I, I started something else again and something else again and something else. <laughs> that's how I started seven seven startups. But the most important thing I've I've done in my life was, um, I think, because, you know, it's like at 50, I look at, okay, what is like, how do you measure success? Is it money? Is it recognition? Is it uh, helping others? Mm -hmm. And now I tend to measure as in impact, right? So how did it help the world, others? and like none of these did really do that much i mean they, they made money but but the the one that really had an impact i would say was a conference called the web which i started uh, uh also kind of randomly in 2003 i was uh blogging i learned to blog and i was also kind of the only one <laughs> and uh, and i loved it so much um like, just for your listeners who might be younger than me, uh, the, in 2003, there was no Facebook, no Twitter, no LinkedIn, none of that. And, and no iPhone and no Android. <laughs> right. I know it's difficult to imagine, right? And so uh, I started that, um, that conference, um, and, uh, and, and we were 200 bloggers from all around the world in Paris, and uh, in a few years, it became 4,000 people, 80 plus countries, the place where Jack Dorsey launched Square, or um, the Uber guys Travis and Garrett uh, invented Uber because they could not find a taxi at my conference right in front of me. For your friend, they also offered me to invest, and I said no. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, but that—that's the thing. I, you know, since you don't ask, that's the one I'm the most uh, proud of. It's, it was called the Web. It's a it's a tech. It became the largest tech conference in in Europe. Then I sold it, and then uh, Paddy with his Web Summit became way larger. And, and that's okay because I already had sold, so you could you could get bigger, no problem. So Web Summit is in Lisbon now. Yeah. But anyway, so I did that like ten years before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's it like being? Uh, and I I mean I have my own sort of experiences being an early adopter with things, what got you interested in, in the sort of, in the tech world? Like were you, cause you're talking about 96 and so 96 is really the beginning of the internet. Um, were you communicating online before that? Like I, like I ran a BBS on my Commodore 64 back in like 83, 84, I was a kid, but that was, that was my first taste for like online communication. Uh, before that, it would have been like CB radios and things, but
2: yeah, 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 I, I had uh, I had that too. I, I was on the 9600 modem, CompuServe. Yeah, um, yeah. So right, that puts us back when uh, 92, 93, right? Yeah. You were 88. That must be even. <laughs> <It's laughs> even you might be uh, even even earlier. But yeah, I I, I remember that. Uh, no, I always had that bug. I always felt that the internet would change everything, and it did. Um it, it's just that I, I thought it would change it much more for the better than it did <laughs> but, uh, but that's yeah. another story. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we could talk about that too. So tell yeah. me, so so and with that first with that first startup, you know, the the web development agency and and that really taking off, um what what were your experiences in managing people? You said you had like a 100 employees. So how was that something I mean at 23, I mean god, I was I had my brain, well, my, our brains are literally not developed until you're 24. So, so tell me about that experience, managing people. How, how was that for you? Was it good? Was it hard?
2: I I didn't like it that much. I honestly didn't like it. Like if I were to, to do well, I'm kind of doing a business now, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I would rather have a, someone like a CEO or, or even a CEO, not be the CEO myself like uh i would I would prefer that I, I didn't like it, like it that much and and then you know, as an entrepreneur i, I went through yeah five six seven startups i and, and so I also had to fire people, which is terrible right like yeah. you have to do that uh, i yeah i I didn't like it 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 creates uh it's it's difficult honestly it's it's very difficult it's rewarding but it's difficult uh, because you have to I don't know. Like, I, I think I, I am doing it, doing it completely differently now. But the, uh, uh, let's see, all the motivational stuff, right? Like, uh, I don't know, it, it might be part of my age, part of my, uh, all the time I spent doing consciousness work, that I can't really lie anymore. And I, I, when I say lies, I'm, I'm saying it in a good way, like making reality better than it is. That's what I mean. I yeah. I would have never gone anywhere in business if I was lying all the time. But what I mean is a little controversial. I'm sorry, especially if you talk to marketing people in this audience. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I actually, I remember Seth Godin, right? Who yeah. wrote this book like a long time ago, All Marketers Are Liars. Right. And you could say that of business people. All all business people are liars in a way or entrepreneurs because you tend to make reality better than it is, right? It's like um, uh, how many times did I promise stock options as a CEO, as a founder, shares, uh, you know, based on my dreams. So I wasn't really a liar but it didn't always turn out to be what it what i thought it would right sure. and then you, you 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 have some employees who get angry or get uh, you know i really remember perfectly well having one day shut down a business you have to do that as an entrepreneur as an entrepreneur like everything i did didn't work a lot of things i did worked a lot didn't and uh i got like some really really angry employees i remember telling me, uh, well, but you're firing me. I'm like, well, I'm shutting down the business. <laughs> so, yes, you know. And uh, and, and it, it, all these tensions are difficult. It's uh, it's because stress is not good for us, whether you're on the side of a manager or the employee. So, it's, it's difficult to, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm clear. I'm just saying, what I'm saying is that uh, there are lots of, if it's not lies, over-promising in business. Let's call it over-promising things. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of get in that game, right? The advertising promises you something. Generally, a product better than it is. How many times have you bought something and then been disappointed by what you bought, right? And I, I, don't, I can't really do that anymore. I, I don't want that in my life much.
0: And it makes a lot of sense. I mean, uh, I read a great Sam Harris, uh, book about lying. That was really fascinating kind of take. I mean, his view is never to lie. Yeah. Like just never lie. Uh, and, and you know, there, there's ways that you can, you can handle things tactfully, but at the same time, you know, never lying I think is, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a good way to be. It's a good approach to, to not just business, but to life
2: yeah it's uh i don't know even edging of that, that work that i've done but uh i i i, I don't <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I, it might it might make me more cautious over cautious right yeah. like uh, uh because that's the business game is to oversell as a sales guy as an entrepreneur as a startup guy as uh someone raising funding you have to oversell you have to like we call it communicate the vision yeah. right but but like what's the limit between that's a, i think i've always been honest or, or i wouldn't be here you know i would have like people who are not honest lose most of their supporter or friends mm-hmm. so so it's not that i you know i look at my past as as i have not but i i would i would be more in extreme honesty right now you know it's like uh um it, it's I, I don't know ten years ago, if you told me, okay, if I told you, which I did many times, mm-hmm. I'm raising eight million dollars on, let's say fifteen million valuation, which I have done. Mm-hmm. Here is why you know here is here you have a business numbers and everything. And today I would look at you and say, well, I absolutely know that this business plan I'm showing to you. Like I have actually no clue. <laughs> you, you see, I mean, that's most business plans. And, and that's the thing is like VCs know that, investors know that, and they still invest but they know that. But, so it's a game. But the entrepreneur knows that he doesn't know shit about his business plan, like most of the time. Most of the time, they have no idea, right? So it's more of a trend. So look at crypto, right? Everybody was raising. And now there is no trend on crypto anymore, very little. Like go, go, good luck raising any funding these days. Really hard.
0: Yeah, well, that's good reason there. I, I the, the whole term Web three three irks me. <laughs> but but to your point, I mean, I think, I think being, I think approaching business in an honest way is 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 definitely a nice thing to do, and it's a good way. And it does to your point, it comes back. I mean, you know, we haven't had too many uh interactions b- besides kind of at South by over the years and, and uh you know obviously online I've I uh but I've always I've always held you in a nice regard. I've always thought fondly <laughs> than you. thank so, you. So there you Likewise. go. Yeah, yeah. Um even in in the days of seismic and I've got to bring up seismic because so for those listening, Louis created well, I, you could describe it better, but seismic was seismic? Seismic was a video platform first, and then, a uh, like a, a social media dashboard. Is that correct, or do I am I mixing it up?
2: It, it was a social. It was an attempt at doing a video social network. Yes. Right, and, and, and that was before Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, before iPhone, mm-hmm. and before uh, before Android. So we were doing it on the we had, we had to use a flash player or something recorder yes. on the browser. So I I did basically I did everything wrong in one way, which is ten years too early, yeah. and and that's that's a mistake an entrepreneur does. Too early is no good. You have to be at the right timing. Too late is bad, right? Like yeah. like well, you you and I were just laughing about this. Like good luck trying to launch a, a, a crypto product right now like maybe in six months or a year it will have come back but right now uh, near impossible to raise funding so it's too late but six months ago or 12 months ago uh, my son actually ju- just raised millions on a crypto project All right, right. It, it, it closed yeah it closed after the, It closed before everything crashed so good timing with simic I was uh, literally 10 years too early. Uh, you could say it was a version of uh, of the, like the Instagram stories, maybe video, maybe a little TikTok. Some people post that, which makes me happy, of course, that I, I had done TikTok 15 years before TikTok. But but uh, too early, really made it very small. But those who were in it still talked to me about it. Um, yeah,
0: I loved it. I mean, I was a user of Seismic and, and I enjoyed using it and meeting, I remember. Uh, uh, chatting a lot with uh laura with pistachio <laughs> like we were both pretty uh heavy users of seismic back in the day and, and it was like a bar right yeah yeah it was <laughs> yeah i mean it was like a, literally like a so i mean it was a social network before the term really was a thing right so you know and i think there were other like i remember there was a great audio type of service called uh Utters or, or utterly back then. And, and I always found, see, it's funny, Louis, because to me, I've always, for years, I thought of myself as a, an early adopter in technology and a technologist, and I worked for hardware companies and software companies and blah, blah, blah. But what I realized was that I'm only really interested in using these mediums, these platforms, these services in order to connect with other humans, with other people. And for me, it's really about communication and podcasting and seismic back in the day and social networks and all this stuff has always been about connecting with other, other people. Is that what kind of got you excited about about the web?
2: Always, yeah. Yeah, that's how we know each other. Always, yeah. I, I, I don't know about this, bug. yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing another conference now. So I I I love connecting. (laughs) So yeah, but the conference is coming from... I'm sorry, the conference is coming from a community that I've built for a year and a half online called Power, uh, which, which is about, it's not that big, it's about 400 people. But those 400 people are coming from like 30 countries. And, uh, and, and I built the conference based on the community, but I did the community first. So yes, I have that bug um, and, and we had, uh, we did the first event in Paris with about uh, 30, actually 36 countries flew in first edition. So I love that, you know, it's, uh, it's not new. The, I was doing that for tech conferences. Now, now I'm doing this on the consciousness event.
0: Yeah. And tell us a little bit about Pawa. What's, what's the story behind it? And, and, uh, and let's talk a little bit about this.
2: Yeah. Power. So it's P-A-U-A, uh, uh life, dot life, L-I-F-E. And, uh, if anyone wants to check it out and, uh, the power, it's, uh, it's very simple. I did a lot of consciousness work. So what does this mean? Well, when I was 40, I started, uh, uh, I divorced so that that got everything started my, my life was shaken and uh, uh, and I I kind of was looking for something else than you know like this uh, successful you know trying to make another startup right and more recognition like more like so I was really going after either success with um, in the business world, which I, which I reached right somehow, of course I'm no you know no billionaire, but like if if you look at business, building, I I build businesses, so that was a success. When I had recognition, I you know I was like 12 years ago in Davos, world, the speaker at the World Economic Forum, and went to TED for 10 years, all all that stuff. Like I, as you said, we actually met talking. Uh, on stage, but together at South by Southwest. So I was doing like a, a lot of events talking. And, and so I had that recognition as well. And, and then I had, you know, made reasonable amount of money. Still, I was not happy, <laughs> which of course we can get into the what's happiness or not. but
1: My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man.
0: And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com
2: slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. But I needed something else than that. And so I started meditating, and I really started looking, basically, which some people might call the middle age crisis. Uh, I, I was talking recently to someone who told me the middle age crisis is a thing because it's uh, it's a, a, it's actually a physical modification of, of the way the masculine brain works, where especially the modification in the hormonal modification. You know, less testosterone probably, but then I'm not an expert. But it's basically a physical modification. And once that physical modification starts, then uh, it was like this crisis happens. And it definitely did happen to me. So I started meditating. I went to 10-day silent retreats. Then I started, I did years of therapy, like five, six years. Uh, like, like, in, not intense, but like once a week, so pretty intense. <laughs> then I did. Uh, yeah, at the same time I looked at like the Burning Man, right? I did like okay, after twelve years in a row in Davos, I did eight years in a row at Burning Man. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 that like still wasn't doing it, and then finally I did. Uh, An ayahuasca ceremony in in Brazil, where it's fully legal, in the the jungle, in the Amazon forest. And I loved it so much, I started working a lot... Uh, working as in spending time with indigenous. So I went to their villages, like really deep, deep. It takes three days to go to their village in the Amazon forest. And I started learning with them a lot and learning about plants, like trying maybe 30 or 40 plants and, and animal substances. I did very intense work, like um, three months completely isolated in the jungle, uh, in a hut, not even in a village. They were just bringing me food. I would see only one person per day bringing me food, basically. So very, very intense work. And then I realized, you know, maybe the most important thing is to be conscious, be conscious about everything that I'm doing. Like, uh, what what is it? How how is it helping anything? Uh, My family, my friends, the world. You know, even in it doesn't have to be ambitious. I don't have to save the Amazon forest. I, w- I wish I could with my two hands, but uh, you know, it starts with not damaging around you with what you eat, not damaging your own body, you know, like all the crap we can put in our body or I did before. I, I stopped drinking two years ago entirely. Yeah, not, not saying, oh, congratulations. Yeah, I'm not saying anyone should, right? But how do you feel?
0: I feel great. I can sleep again. Um, I, uh, yeah, no, I, I feel great. I actually started meditating as well a couple of years ago and and have a daily practice now and did my first half day, half day retreat, silent retreat. Uh, uh, and I'm, I'm keen to do much more of that. Um, so following your journey, along your sub stack and and the stories that you're sharing about this. This journey is really inspiring. Uh, I'm not sure if my wife will let me leave to the Amazon quite.
2: (laughs) But how many kids do you have? I have two. Oh, yes. How old?
0: 16 and 17 years old.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're still busy. My 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 new my partner (laughs) and my new family, I would say, with my son. Cannot uh, won't won't let me go either. <laughs> but I might I might make it compulsory. To, to be honest, I I don't think I can not go back now that I have seen it. Yeah. But I I will do three months because three months is crazy. I was uh, offline, no phone, no Mac, nothing like yeah. back to back to pre internet. It's so amazing. Like like. Uh, that I have uh, got to taste this in 2022. And now it's uh, something I I remember so much that I I want to get back to it.
0: Yeah. So what are some takeaways that you that you learned during this, during the retreat, during, you know, your time there meeting indigenous people?
2: Well, the main takeaway is that there is a lot of ancient technologies which exist that uh, that I had no idea about, and uh, and many people did, but not so many to be honest. Like people think, like for example, the way they they use the plants is drugs, uh, and and uh, again, it's fully legal in Brazil. It's being decriminalized in uh, most cities in the U.S. San Francisco just did. Uh, and, but yet it's still called drugs, ayahuasca, right? And, and their kids, just to give you an idea, kids take it as of age five, five, right? And they drink ayahuasca, uh, in the tribe I work with, uh, once to twice a week, every, every, basically every, uh, twice a week. It's, it's very connect, that's the way they connect with the divine, as they say. And, uh, if you take it, it's, it's, it, it feels like, uh, it doesn't, I mean like any definition of a drug as in one, it's entertaining, well it's not. Two, it's addictive, well it's not because good luck, like you can't, you know, like try to force yourself to drink that. You're gonna purge, vomit, it's really hard to take and it's not addictive. It's kind of more the contrary, like most people I know took it once or twice. Uh, or maybe they do some work, they do a week or 10 days there, and then never again in their whole life. <laughs> right. So it's really like uh, not, honestly. It doesn't have the characteristics of, of a drug at all. And uh, uh, and, and so I, I've seen it as a technology. Like I have my iPhone, and I go there to discover what my brain can do that I didn't know was able to do. So, so, so I discover that world... But then I, I quickly, I will say quickly, I came back to Earth, right? Like, because you're I was in Avatar there. Mm-hmm. So it's great. But when I go back to the US or Europe, well, there are no plants. Uh, and I also don't want to depend on take substances to feel good. So I, did, okay, I thought, OK, well, what, what can I do? And you meditate. So now I meditate every day. Well, it's been a few years now. But I, I would say the meditation has changed completely since i've done that work because i i I think what it does and i i I think many people have have done some research on it even though it's new because as you know even research scientific research was forbidden and it still is in most countries Um, but it it really reconnects parts of your brain that are either disconnected or that are uh, like dark that you don't use basically and now that I meditate after all that work of reconnecting my brain to, to make it simple, uh, well, it's amazing. It's, it's really amazing. I feel I see the world totally differently, calmer, uh, more aware of everything, which is not only good news, like, for example, if I take a plane, the, the lights are very, very bright, you know, to me, the, the, the sounds tend to be a little aggressive. So I, I re-changed really my way of life. Uh, I don't live in a city anymore. Uh, but like that's the gift of COVID. We can do so much now without living in a city.
0: And, and does it help to put things in perspective too? Because that's one thing I found is kind of rethinking things and also like slowing down in a moment long enough to just realize and it can be as simple as you know going on twitter and being pissed off at something you see and taking a second to be you know this is something i've been telling a lot of a lot of people about is the the importance of of understanding that well, social networks especially you know it's there, it's now in their best interest to to get us to click on links and engage and and, and in order to engage you you got to be upset and so we see things, the algorithms feed us things to get us upset. And what I find so often now is I see something that irks me or just upsets me for a second. And I'm like, no, nope, no, nope. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to upset me. Forget it. And and try to move on to, to something more positive. Is that Have you had like similar sort of experiences or how do you handle that?
2: Well, I, I'd say it's like of a permanent I, uh my day now awake day turned into a permanently awake state you know probably probably, probably sorry meditative mm-hmm. awake as in uh awaken right so for example if someone tells me something that is unpleasant i uh, i i see it and i don't react um, or i try not to because that's, that's the training of meditation as you know is equanimity as they say right it's uh, okay i'm i'm pissed off right now <laughs> yeah. let's let's not react right let's let's just you know like why even my partner how why is she telling me this way or talking to me this way and how can i not react to that and and, and generally you realize that it it's like in meditation you know when you meditate and suddenly you need to go to the bathroom. Right, that happened to you. Or you really want to stand up. You're like, okay, like screw that. I don't want to meditate. And you don't. Mm-hmm. You train your mind to just go through that. Generally, it's okay. Yeah, it turns out we can, we can hold pretty long without going to the bathroom if we train our mind a bit. But it's the same here. It's like, okay, I'm getting upset or this person is upsetting me or this situation is upsetting me but really if you think about it it's generally not that bad mm-hmm. it's, it's not an immediate danger right? like, like there's a friend that posted on Twitter uh, recently he said uh, hey uh, like Twitter is so important to me I, I don't know what I would do without it you know like something like this and I said well no, not not really because if you were on the deathbed right now you would not find Twitter very important um, and, and that like, I would say back to the what I learned in the jungle is is this permanent like per- permanent thinking that there is another space right It's like there is something else more important the space where we go every night when we sleep, the space where we're from when before we were born, and now I'm taking risks. I'm talking about reincarnation and all that stuff, right? But, well, I'll do it. The, the space where we go when we die. And uh, for me, when I go to sleep, and yes, I also sleep much better now uh, with, uh, without alcohol. Way, way better. I dream. Another gift of a jungle was lucid dreaming. So I have this other life uh, during my, my nights, almost every night. I have, I have that and, uh, and it, it's fascinating. But so there is, there is something else, right? Like for example, I, I feel like I'm getting a lot of information through my dreams. i give you an example. Uh, we're talking about worrying and being upset. Uh, I didn't have exactly that, but I, I was dreaming that I was uh, worrying, not upset that I was worrying and and I was worrying and I had this voice tell me in the dream right so it's a dream it's like wh- why do you worry about this no oh, no are you worrying now and I was like no but I'm dreaming it's normal that I don't worry and like well if you see I have this kind of weird dialogue, like dialogue sometimes with creatures in my dreams I I came back very much to a kid stage uh, which is so fun I discover yeah yeah and and, and the voice was like hey uh why do you worry during when you're awake if you cannot worry when you sleep and dream? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. And that stayed in my mind. I said, this is so right. Like, why do you, like, worrying is optional. Yeah. I, you know, it can, it can be shit like right now, right? The stocks are plummeted. If you had crypto, good chance you lost it all. I was a customer of uh, FTX. so I did lose. Uh, and it, like, it all sucks, but, suffering is optional i I don't i don't have to suffer from this or worry right i I can just be you know if you think about it most people spend their time in their minds worrying about the regretting something from the past or worrying about the future yes and not being like are you in danger right now generally the answer is no
0: Yeah, no, that, that's great. Actually, I, I was, uh, yeah, I was seeing a therapist last year and that's something we hit on is exactly to your point where if you focus too much on the past, that leads, that can lead to depression. And if you focus too much on the future, that can lead to anxiety. And so by focusing on the present, it's not to say you don't think about the future. Cause I mean, if you're running a business or a conference or you have family, I mean, you're going to think about the future and you're also going to reflect on the past. And, and, but the, the point is not to dwell on it too much and the fact that you can't change the past and you can't change the future. All you can change is like right now.
2: Yep. That's the only thing you can do. So am I in danger right now? Not not really. My, my nose is a little clogged, which I I regret because (laughs) it probably, you can probably hear that on the podcast, but it's okay. So, so it's not my normal, uh, voice, but uh, what? I, I, yeah. What are your thoughts on the level
0: of this? Is something I think about a lot where as it pertains to, to this, where of, of privilege, of the fact that like we're financially secure enough so that like I, I often wonder whether somebody who is not financially well off or, or even in good sh- like perhaps they're struggling financially. How they can embrace mindfulness and meditation. I mean, how they can even quiet their minds long enough when the stresses are really real. I I don't I,
2: I don't think that's uh, Dave. with all respect. I don't think that's related. No. Um, I I I I don't think I, I might look like a sound like a like an asshole saying that. But I, let me let me elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you look at most people who go to monasteries or do a lot of spiritual work, they actually don't have money. No. So it's kind of normal for them to, like even the monks don't have homes, where, are you know, they, they, they have, I don't know how you say it in English, but you, know, they give up on everything, yeah, yeah. owning, is there is a word for that in English, like this uh, phenomenon of Just not getting, owning, yeah. not owning anything? Well, yeah, like okay.
0: materialism, I guess being non-materialistic,
2: yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, it doesn't matter. There is yeah, a yeah. term in French which is which is definitely to describe that. Like, if you want to become a monk tomorrow, you give up all your wealth. Like, you close your bank account. Yeah. You, you live leave on uh, charity, basically.
0: Yeah, my father was a Catholic priest before I yeah. was around. Um, and he was a fully ordained priest. And yeah, in order to enter the priesthood, he had to give up everything and but but that's a that's a point in your life that if you reach that point you like if you have a a family and a business and things like that i mean you could in theory just leave and become a monk but or a priest or whatever but you know most people still have to you know keep existing i don't know no 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 no, for sure what i mean is it's not
2: you can be very poor and very Uh, doing a lot of consciousness work or a lot of spiritual work right there is a lot of people if you go to Cusco in Peru if you go to Costa Rica Bali there is a lot of people who have no money there uh, and they they live a very non-stressful life and so I, I guess the stress you're describing is more coming from someone who has kind of a reasonable way of life, it loses everything. Like that that the difference becomes very very important. But I, I would I would argue that uh, most many people who have a lot are way more stressed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
0: It's interesting too because I think you know I was talking to someone a while back about success and happiness and and you know my business isn't where I want it to be. But at the same time, I've got like, I have a wonderful wife who's my best friend. I've got two awesome kids and a nice home, and like we have uh, a cute dog. <laughs> we we <laughs> have, we like. I've reached these successes in my life that money can't buy. I mean, money can buy a house and a dog, but but not a, a significant other and not great kids necessarily. And I think you know I've. I've reached these levels of success and and when I reflect on that, uh yeah, it makes me makes me pretty happy about how life life is and how it can be. So Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Tell me about when is Pawa when is the next conference?
2: <laughs> yeah, so I never answered never answer your question basically. But so Pawa is about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's about like both business people who who think there is more than just making money and profit to life and everybody say, oh yeah, yeah, there is, but you don't really like, like basically care, care about consciousness, want to learn something else. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, it's also for conscious slash spiritual people who want to, you know, be surrounded by people who do something. So like business, you know, it's like the intersection with between business and consciousness, the mm-hmm. business and spirituality. And uh, the next one is uh, very likely we have not defined it yet, but in uh, April or May in Miami. The last one was in Paris, and there will be another one in Paris in uh, October, like last year. Uh, and so, yeah, so we're working on Miami now. But uh, but it's you know it's like I I want to be cautious. Uh, the economy is pretty hard these days, so uh, I, I, I I need to we need to make it very simple so so that it doesn't. Uh, you know, it doesn't end up being a, a loss. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm still looking at it right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, keep me posted. I, I would love to. And I'll, I'll be sure to share uh, links and information about it to our listeners. Okay, I want to move on to the lightning round to be respectful of your time here. What is a nice book that you recommend uh, listeners check out?
2: Oh, gosh, um, lights again. <laughs> <laughs> so many right now yeah. that uh, let me see uh, what is this? I am I'm, I'm, re- I'm reading one right now that I don't want to really recommend so I have to well you have to cut that because now I'm getting very uh, very no, very uh, long no you're okay no but I I like biocentrism mm. recently but if your answer is what what books you recommend I'm reading morphic resonance right now which I don't recommend because it's very uh, very complicated I um, I like I love the mysticism of sound and music ah. which is about Sufism uh, but it's not about Sufism it's about sound and music <laughs>
1: okay. but how
2: basically how you how you get into spiritual uh, places just with sound and music oh, very very. Interesting, yeah, highly, highly recommend uh, recommend that. And if you want to learn about the story of uh, humans and spirituality and religions, there is this book called "Not in His Image," mm. um, which which I found great as well. It's a it's a story of spirituality across religions, and I learned a lot reading it. Really like it.
0: Okay, cool. Thanks. And uh, so, a couple more questions. The first is. Uh, how is Luik nice to himself?
2: Meditating.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. And if you had a billboard, what would it say?
2: Oh, uh, would say fo- "Focus, focus." Oh. Like, 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 get back. Well, basically, no. Fo- focus on what matters. Yes. Like, yeah. I missed a few words. Focus on what matters.
0: The week, this has been so great. How can people get a hold of you and, and connect?
2: Oh, uh, very simple. So I have this newsletter which I forgot to mention. So it's loic.substack.com, L-O-I-C.substack.com, and I I write twice a week, so I'm pretty prolific. And uh, um, yeah, if people want to check it out, I also have a podcast there uh, that I I record myself. I tell stories from the jungle generally or from uh, things I lived.
0: It's really great. I, I highly recommend everybody check it out. And congrats again on Falco. That's uh, that's so exciting.
2: Thank you, Dave. I, uh, I, I Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with uh, Falco and that uh, it feels like a second life, but uh, a second real life. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, thank you, sir. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show today. Would you do me a favor? Leave a review. The reviews help others discover the show and they mean a lot to me. So I would appreciate that. Did you know I am often hired as a keynote speaker for company retreats or for conferences? To find out more about that, you can visit Delaneyspeaks.com. Music by Alistair Crystal at alistaircrystal.ca. We'll see you next time. And be nice.